There's a preacher named Gaither Bailey, and he tells this story. It says, of the uh, 2,000 passengers on the Titanic, 1,517 were lost. Out of 2,000 passengers, 75% were lost. At the time the Titanic went down, there was another ship, the California, that was less than 30 miles away. Why didn't the California do something? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Why why didn't the California do something? Well, we're nearing the end of our summer concert series. This summer we have taken the titles from hit songs throughout the decades from the 40s till the 50s, the 60s, all up through today. And today we are talking uh, about a song from the 2000s, a song from the aughts, as they are called. But we've, we've looked at songs like Jailhouse Rock, Hey Jude. And last week we talked about how God will always love us. I will always love you. Um, today, though, like I said, we're talking about the aughts. And next week we're going to conclude with a hit song from today's time. Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars, one of my favorite songs, and we're going to talk about that uh, next week. Um, But today, we're talking about a hit song by the group The Fray, and it's called How to Save a Life. Uh, You may know it as the uh, theme song to the ABC medical drama, uh, Grey's Anatomy, although I really don't know how much medical drama there is and how much relationship drama there is. Seems to be a lot more relationship drama from what I hear. Never seen the show, but I get the wrap-ups. Like I said, I don't know it's so much about a medical drama as it is about relationship drama. Well, anyway, today's sermon is not about a medical drama. Today's sermon is about Jesus' last words to his disciples as recorded in the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, as we talk about how to save a life. This is what is known as the Great Commission. And like I said, it's the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And uh, we read these words in Matthew 28. So if you would grab your Bible and turn uh, to uh, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, that's where we're going to be. Grab your Bible. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and also grab your bulletin and turn to the HDO on the back page, commonly known as the handy dandy, I don't know how commonly it's known as the handy dandy outline, but it's known as the handy dandy outline, also known as the HDO. And uh, we're going to look in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, as we begin talking about how to save a life. Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, he's talking to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the first blank on your outline this morning is make disciples of everyone. What are we talking about when we say make disciples? Like I said, the first blank is make disciples of everyone. What are we talking about when we're talking about making disciples? We're talking about making people and turning people into completely devoted, fully dedicated, fully surrendered, fully sold out followers of Jesus Christ. People who are completely sold out to his cause and to his word and to his way and to his will, 
who will follow Jesus, we need to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. That's what a disciple does. Okay, A disciple is someone who follows a, a, a teacher or a prophet or a leader. A disciple is somebody who follows. One of the cool uh, pictures, word pictures I've, I've heard about uh, comes from the first century um, where rabbis would have disciples. They would uh, interview people who would uh, come and be their disciples, who wanted to be their disciples. So let's say you wanted to, uh, this is the first century, and, and I'm Rabbi Sean, and you want to follow me, and uh, you would apply to be my disciple, and I would interview you and, and go over your qualifications and your pedigrees and, and things like that, and how much knowledge you had and what schooling you had, and, and then you would, I would approve you or not approve you. Um, and then if I approved you, you'd be my disciple, and you would follow me wherever I went. You would hang on my every word, kind of like Sunday mornings now. Um, you laugh. Why do you laugh? But one of the cool pictures uh, of the disciple, in, of a rabbi in the first century, uh, is that the, uh, the disciple was encouraged to be covered in the rabbi's dust. I think I've told you about this before, but if you've never heard this, this is awesome. To be covered in his dust to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And what would happen is rabbis had long robes and, and sandals and they had dirt streets, you know, they didn't have concrete or anything like that. So they, as they would walk along, uh, their sandals would kick up dust behind them. And the goal of a disciple was to be so close behind your rabbi, listening to his every word and listening to the things that he told you and following his teachings and obeying his teachings, but that you would be so close that when his feet kicked up the dust that it would cover you. That's what I want to do to Jesus. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to follow so closely behind him that I want to be covered in his dust. That wherever he goes, I go. The things that he says, I hear. The things that he says to do, I do. Because I want to follow so closely behind Jesus, I want to become just like him. And I want to be covered in his dust. So Jesus is talking to his disciples here in Matthew 28, and he tells them to go and make more disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, right? Make disciples. In other words, you disciples make other people into disciples. Clone yourselves. Replicate yourselves. Make other people what you are. You are my disciples. Make other people into my disciples. That is what they were commanded to do. And the original language uh, the construction of the word go, we, we hear that and we think it's a command to actually go somewhere and do something. But the way that it is constructed in the original Greek uh, means more closely to while you are going, make disciples. In other words, it's not a matter of going somewhere and doing something as though you have to be called to go do it. But rather, wherever you go and whatever you're doing, you are to be making disciples. That's our job. Wherever you go, make disciples. Not go as though it's some kind of uh, commissioning to go off to a far off land. Um, it's not just a command for missionaries. This is a command for all disciples. This is a command for anybody who wants to follow Jesus. Like I said, disciples were someone, they, disciples were someone who follows somebody and they obey their teachings. In Matthew chapter 4, Verses 18 through 22, Jesus called his first disciples. Listen to this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. 
At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. They left everything to follow Jesus, because that's what a disciple does. A disciple leaves everything behind and gives up everything to follow Jesus. Look at these words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever, wants, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Disciples... Listen to what Jesus said. Disciples must take up their cross daily. Disciples must follow Jesus. Disciples must deny themselves. Do you see that? He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's not you should take up your cross. It's not that you should deny yourself. It's not that you should follow Jesus. It's not even that you might take up your cross or you might deny yourself or you might follow Jesus. But rather, Jesus says, you must take up your cross. You must deny yourself. You must follow me. We are to be giving up everything that keeps us from following Jesus. To deny ourselves. To follow Christ. To take up the cross. Deny ourselves anything that keeps us from following Jesus. Maybe you're in a relationship that is keeping you from following Jesus. Maybe your relationship keeps you from following him for whatever reason, but you're in a relationship that is pushing you further away from Christ rather than drawing you nearer to him. Maybe it's your job. I understand everybody has to have a job. You've got to have a job or else you don't eat. So you've got to have a job. But maybe is your job pushing you further away from Jesus or is it pulling you closer to him in some way? Maybe it is a desire for stuff, a desire for things. Is your desire for things pushing you further away from Christ or is it uh, is there a healthy desire for the things that you need uh, in your life that isn't hindering your relationship with Jesus it's not necessarily what keeps you from coming to church because there are all kinds of reasons that people give why they don't come to church but it's not what keeps you from coming to church it it's what keeps you from fully surrendering your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ what is causing you to not give up your life, to not give up everything, to not be a disciple? Is there something in your life that is preventing you from being a fully sold out, fully surrendered, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? What is keeping you from wholehearted devotion to Jesus? See, lots of people go to church. Not everybody follows Jesus. And there is a difference. A lot of people can go to church. A lot of people will fill up church buildings on a Sunday morning But a lot of people won't follow Jesus. It's easy to follow once a week for an hour or an hour and 15 minutes. It's not always easy to follow him Monday through Saturday. It's not always easy to follow Monday morning on your way to work. It's not so easy to follow Wednesday afternoon when you're just sick and tired of work and you're sick and tired of life and you're sick and tired of your family and you're sick and tired of everything. You're sick and tired of your commute sick and tired of your job. 
It's not always easy to follow Jesus seven days a week, 24-7, 365. But that's what we're called to do, to be fully devoted, fully surrendered, fully sold out followers of Jesus. Is life hard? Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you that it's easy. My life's not easy. I know yours isn't either. But we are called to follow Jesus every step of the way, to be a fully surrendered, fully devoted, sold out disciple of Jesus. So, we're talking about making disciples. Who do we make disciples of? Everyone. Make disciples of everyone. Who are we talking about? We're talking about everybody. Jesus said all nations. But what does he mean by all? He means that everyone everywhere needs to be in a relationship with him. Everyone everywhere needs to hear about Jesus Christ and his love. Those kids that walk past your house every day on their way to school, they need to have a relationship with Jesus. They need to hear about Christ. That coworker, one cubicle over, who drives you nuts, you know who I'm talking about. Maybe in the next office, maybe your boss, maybe the people underneath you that drive you crazy, they need a relationship with Jesus. That single mom who lives down the street struggling to make ends meet, she needs a relationship with Jesus. Your elderly, that elderly neighbor, neighbor couple that you see at the grocery store, they're so cute with their little cart going along. They need a relationship with Jesus too. That soccer mom whose kid plays on your team, on your kid's team, they need a relationship with Jesus. Your spouse, your spouse needs to follow Jesus. That tribe in Africa, they need to follow Jesus. Now, out of all those people I just listed, kids walking past your house, the elderly neighbor couple, uh, the elderly couple that you see at the grocery store, uh, your uh, spouse, your kids, the soccer mom, the single mom, out of all those people in the tribe in Africa, who do you know? Well, I can tell you who you don't know. I'm not saying not to send money to missionaries. Absolutely, we support missions here. 10% of all tithes and offerings given off the general fund go straight to missions, and that's awesome. That we are supporting missionaries, including a missionary in Africa. But when it comes to making disciples of everyone everywhere, it's not just the people who go to Africa or Asia or South America or Canada. They need Jesus too. Um, it's everyone, and it's the people that you know. It's the people that I know. It's the people that we know. Who are the people in your neighborhood? They're the people that need to hear about Jesus. And we know Jesus, and our job is to introduce him to others, to tell other people about Christ. To, we are being called to make disciples of all nations. That means everybody you meet needs to be a disciple of Jesus. Everybody. No exceptions. Everybody needs to be a follower of Christ. Now how do we do that? So how do we go about making disciples of the people in our world? First, two-step process. The first step to making disciples is we, making, we are making disciples by baptizing them. Uh, that's the next blank on your outline. Make disciples by baptizing them. You know, we are, people wonder, why are you guys so big on baptism at GFCC? Why are you so big at, because Jesus said to do it. What did he say? Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why we do it. The Bible is big on baptism. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptizing people. The Bible, like I said, is big on baptism. In the book of Acts, every, every, every instance of somebody coming to faith in Christ, they are immediately baptized. Every experience of salvation in the book of Acts, they believe they were baptized. They believe they're baptized. They believe they're baptized every single time. 
And that's why we teach uh, a plan of salvation that is you've got to believe, you've got to have faith, you've got to repent and turn away from sin and turn to God for forgiveness. You need to confess your faith, as it says in Romans, and then you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized, the book of Romans chapter 6 says that we are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ. That we are baptized into his death. One of my friends in Minnesota, Byron Black, always used to say that it's, that's where we come into contact with his blood. We're washed in the blood of Jesus, right? This means yes in America. We're washed in the blood of Jesus. We have our sins washed away. As it says later in the book of Acts, that Ananias told Paul, get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on the name of the Lord. We are washed in the blood of Jesus. Where do we come into contact with his blood? Romans 6 says that when we are baptized, we are baptized into his death. Where did Jesus bleed? It was when he died. That is when we are baptized into Jesus. The book of Galatians says that when we are baptized, we are clothed with Christ. So my question for you is, have you done it? Have you been baptized by immersion? And that's what the Greek word baptizo literally means. It means immersion. It's a word that means to wash, uh, typically washing a dish or a cup. That's the, the, the word baptizo. When you, in ancient Greek, if you were to say the word baptizo, they would think that you were washing a cup or a dish. We had Jonathan's birthday party here yesterday, and I was here till 8.30 last night washing dishes. I've never seen so many um, servers for cake. We had like three different flavors of cake, so each one had to have its own server and its own knife. And I think two or three knives is how it turned out to be. And so I'm here washing dishes last night till 8.30, cleaning up from the party, and I'm sitting there at the sink, and I'm baptizing all these dishes. Not in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but I was washing them. I put them, take them, put them under the water, wash them up, rinse them off, put them away. Although if you watch them walk in the kitchen right now, they're not all put away. Um, we'll take care of that later. Um, but that's what happens when we get baptized. That's why, the, that's why we baptize by immersion here. Because the word literally means to submerge, to plunge, or to immerse. That's why we baptize by immersion, because that's the kind of baptism they had in the Bible. So if you've never been baptized by immersion, you need to do it. Because that's, that's the first step in becoming a disciple. It's the first step in following Jesus is to be baptized by immersion. So what's holding you back? If you believe that Jesus died for your sins and you've never been baptized, you are missing out. You are missing out. You need to do that. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins, what is keeping you from being baptized even today? We have warm water. We have warm clothes. We have a hair dryer if you're very concerned about how your hair looks. We can, we can hook you up with a hair dryer. But you can come today and you can take that first step in being a disciple. And, and maybe today is your day. Maybe this is the day. All right, August 18th, 2013. Maybe today is your day. But we have this invitation. We'll do it in just a few minutes. And we want you to come. If you've never been baptized, then today might be your day. The last blank on your outline is we make disciples by teaching them. You know, I'll be real honest with you. We're really good at the baptizing part. We're not so good at the discipling part. We're not so good at the teaching part. I'll be honest. That's something that we're working on. I've been talking with Tony and John, our elders, about it. And we are working on the teaching part. We're working on the discipleship part, aren't we, Tony? Absolutely. We're working on, we need a better process of discipleship. Where we take people who don't know Jesus and we get to the point where they love Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They're taking up their cross on a daily basis and they're following Jesus. That process of discipleship is something that we are working on. And I want you to know that that is our goal. That is our desire. Our vision is to make more disciples 
make people uh, turn sin- uh, sinners into saints, to make people disciples and followers of Jesus. And the second part of our uh, vision uh, is to make better disciples, people who love Jesus more and more every day. We want to do more than just get people in the doors. We want to do more than just get people in the water. We want to get people into a relationship with Jesus. We want to do more than just keep them coming week after week. We want to do more than just get them to put a, uh, an offering in the, the offering plate on a regular basis. We want to get people to the point where they love Jesus more and more every day, where they are obeying Jesus and what he says to do. How to, we want to help people have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, where they love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, where they're taking up their cross every day and thinking, how can I live my life to please the Lord? That's what we're working on. And so I'll admit, part of it is our fault. We haven't done a very good job of getting people uh, on this path of discipleship to becoming more like Jesus. But you know what? If you're not growing in your faith, part of it's your fault too. What? That's not very nice, but it's true. Let me tell you what. We got, we're going to have five different opportunities, five different study opportunities for adults this fall. Okay, the first one starts uh, September 3rd. September 3rd is a marriage Bible study that I'll be leading on Tuesday nights at 630 We have a women's Bible study that starts the next day, September 4th, led by Peggy Mouch at 9.30 on Wednesday mornings for women. We have a Bible study that's going to be meeting starting October 5th for men on Saturday mornings. We serve breakfast and we we have a, a study together. There's going to be a Monday night Bible study going through the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. That meets at 6.30 on Monday nights. And then on Sunday nights, we have a young adult Bible study for those 18 to 25 ish ish because we have some older ones but that's okay but like i said 18 to 25 year old young adults they can meet on sunday nights adults can meet on monday nights adults can meet on tuesday nights adult women can meet on wednesday mornings adult men can meet on saturday mornings that's five opportunities to be in a bible study this fall and so if you want to grow in your faith you need to be in a group that doesn't even mention the fact that we have a junior, senior high youth group for uh, kids in, in junior high and high school, as well as KFC starting up in October. Kids for Christ will be starting in October uh, for kids in elementary school, kindergarten, pre, uh, preschool through sixth grade. So we got every age covered. We got every age covered. We want you to grow in your faith. We want you to take some initiative and stand up and say, I want to grow in my faith. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to become more loving. I want to become more kind. I want to become more compassionate. I want the joy of Jesus in my heart. I want the love of God in my life. And the best way to do that uh, is to be in regular worship and to be in regular study of his word. So we want, I really want to encourage you, check out these opportunities that we're going to have to study God's word. Because that's how we grow in our faith. He gave us his word as communication to us to teach us what we need to know, to tell us how to have a relationship with him, and yet we don't read the instruction manual. Or we don't read the Bible, his, his word, and his uh, commandments, uh, and his explanation, his love letter to us on how to have a relationship with him. So like I said, we've got five studies starting up this fall, and we want you to be in one. We have opportunities for all ages to grow in their faith. And maybe none of those groups interests you. Then start a new one. Maybe you say, oh, we need this kind of a group. Okay, start it up. Come talk to me. We'll get a new group started. It's fine. That's great. You want to lead a group? Well, I don't want to lead a group. Okay, then go to another group that you don't have to lead. You need to be in a group. 
We all need to be in a group. And I want to encourage you to do that. Get in a group and grow in your faith. The Titanic's operator frantically sent out the SOS repeatedly. But the wireless set on the California was closed because there was only one operator and he had gone to bed. Help was available, but the California sailed on its way totally unaware of the tragedy just 30 miles away. You know what? We are too much like that radio operator. We are sleeping while people are dying. And we're not even aware of the tragedy that is all around us. We know people who don't know Jesus. And those of us who do know him, we know how to save a life. We've got to wake up and we've got to do it. I have a little acronym that I got, uh, that I put together uh, when I was writing this sermon. A little acronym that I'm sure somebody came up with a hundred years ago, but I've never heard it before, so I'm taking ownership of it today. Here's the acronym that I want you to look at, and it's the acronym P-R-A-Y, the acronym PRAY. And this is what you can do to start reaching out to the people in your world uh, with, G- with the love of Jesus. First is P, and that is PRAY. Pray for an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. You know who they are. You can see their face in your mind right now. Man, that person needs Jesus. Could be your spouse, could be your child, could be a coworker, could be a neighbor, could be a, a, another relative. And you know somebody. You can see, close your eyes, just a second. You see their face? Say amen if you see their face. Pray for that person. Pray for an opportunity to talk to that person. Let me tell you what, that's an, that is a prayer that God loves to answer. Now you pray, God, give me an opportunity to share my faith this week. Or give me an opportunity to, pray, to share my faith with this person this week. That is a prayer that God will answer. And the next thing you know, you're telling them about Jesus. And you're like, how did I get here? Oh, that's right. I prayed for this. So pray for an opportunity to make disciples. R. The R is to reach out. Reach out to your neighbors, your coworkers, your spouse, your, ch- uh, your children. Reach out to somebody with God's love. Do it in a tangible, practical way. Not just tell them that God loves them, but show them that God loves them. You've got to reach out. And show God's love. A is for ask. Ask them to come to church with you. Offer to pick them up. Just say, hey, I want you to go to church with me. And, I, and, and I'd love it if you would come to church with me this Sunday. I'll, I'll even pick you up. Or if you come to church with me this week, I'll take you out to dinner after church. And you're thinking, oh man, I don't want to take somebody out to dinner. I'm not telling you to invite people you don't like. Invite the people that you know and that you do like. Even if they don't like you. It'd be a good opportunity to get to know them. But take them out to lunch after church. Ask them what they thought about the service. And then tell me what they said. Be my little spy. (laughs) Tell me how we can make things better. Because that's what we want to do. We want to make it better. We want everybody to love GFCC. We want everybody to love Jesus. If they don't like GFCC or they don't like coming to church, well, short of changing the gospel, you know, we'll, we'll make accommodations. You know, we'll do what we can. Within reason, like I said, short of changing the gospel, everything else is on the table, as far as I'm concerned. So P, pray for an opportunity. R, reach out with the love of God. A, ask them to come to church with you, offer to pick them up or take them out to lunch afterwards. You know, if they, how can they hear about a Savior unless they hear the gospel? And they're going to hear the gospel here every week. And the Y stands for yes. Don't stop asking until they say yes or they tell you to go away. Don't stop asking. Don't just ask, well, I asked them once. Okay, you know, it's, it's, 
It's salvation, folks. It is a free gift of God's grace, and it is salvation, and everybody needs it. Don't stop asking until they, see yet, until they say yes, or they tell you to buzz off. But you, this is up to every one of us. It is up to all of us. We are all, it's not just my job. It's your job, too. It's all of us. Inviting, asking, praying, reaching out. It's what we got to do. Because the message that we have is the most important message in the world. And people are dying in their sins. And they are not going to go to heaven unless... And we can do something about it. We can do something about it. We can change somebody's destiny by God's grace through faith in His Son. So let's do something. Excuse me. Let's do something about it. Let's do something about it today. Let's do something about it this week. Think about that person. Pray for that person. Reach out to that person. Ask them to come to church. And don't stop asking until they say yes. Heavenly Father, I pray for those folks that we have on our minds right now. There are people that we're thinking of who need Jesus. And they need Him desperately. For the difference that He makes in this life and the difference that He makes in eternal life, we pray that today You would give us an opportunity to share with them Your love this week. We pray for Your blessing on our efforts to, to reach out to the world, to make disciples of all nations. So Father God, I pray that You would give us persistence and give us patience and give us hearts that are devoted to Jesus. Help us to be fully surrendered and sold out followers of Christ. We give you praise and glory for telling us how to save a life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.